It all started with cards and memorization. One of the greatest minds the world has ever seen. Introducing Jim Carroll, author, speaker, and mentalist turned memory expert. He has been studied by Florida Hospital for his brain and memory and is a frequent speaker at MIT. Jim has also performed at several USO tours, working closely with our military and wounded warriors. Now, taking his knowledge and skills to the podcast world, interviewing some of the most impressive minds, and allowing them to tell their stories about how they beat the odds. Beating the Odds is brought to you by Signal Relief, the drug-free pain relief patch. Please visit SignalRelief.com and use promo code MEMORY for an exclusive offer only for our Beating the Odds listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Beating the Odds with your host, Jim Carroll. Today on Beating the Odds, we have Dr. James Hart. James is the president and founder of the BioCybernaut Institute. He holds a bachelor's in physics from Carnegie. He also holds a master's and PhD in psychology from Carnegie Mellon University. Over the past 30 plus years, Dr. Hart has been studying the electrophysiological basis of spiritual states. He's traveled to India to study yogis. He studied Zen meditators and masters and and explored Christian prayer and contemplation. Please enjoy this very wide-ranging conversation with Dr. James Hart and Jim Carroll. Hey, how you doing, everybody? I got a really, really cool guest today. One of the most out-of-the-box, amazing, great scientists I've ever met in my life. And he's a good friend of mine, Dr. Jim Hart. Uh, he has a bio-cybernaut center out in Sedona, Arizona, where I met him. And well, he'll tell you more about where he has them all over the world, but I'd like to welcome my good friend, Dr. Jim Hart. Jim, how you doing, buddy? Wonderful to see you again and hang out with you. Absolutely great. What the heck is that in the background? I love it. What is that? It's a phi ratio Taurus, which is the BioCybernaut logo. And uh, it turns out that uh, there, there's, in 1996, I did a paper on the brainwave patterns of halos. And if you have coherent theta and coherent alpha at the same time, there will be over your head in phase space a torus. And people who can see auras probably have seen this for centuries. Because you go back into like medieval paintings of saints, they all have a halo over their head, which is a torus. We know the mathematics of how to make the brainwaves of a halo. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, because that's what that's the the area of the brain, as you know, I'm just, I study the brain, but one of the areas I haven't studied is what you what your expertise is, the theta, the beta, the alpha, and that's why we're such good friends because I every time we talk on the phone, I learn more and more and more about you and about that particular subject which I have never you know, because I'm mainly studying memory and things like that. But uh Yes. Yeah, so, well, so, and that's why, and, and you also are interesting in all that you're doing with the brain. And so I also learn from you whenever we talk. It's a mutual benefit and mutual fun. Well, you're such a cool guy. That's Sedona. Wow. If you've never been at <laughs> Sedona, Arizona, what a beautiful place. And that's where you're located. My God, how can, what a perfect spot for, for, for what you do now. It's our world headquarters. Yeah. Now what, Tell, explain to everybody, because when I, I can't even explain, for God's sakes, when, when they say, what the heck is BioCybernaut? Explain, ev what is BioCybernaut training? What what exactly, how would I, like, I don't know how to describe it. So that's, that's why I wanted you on as a guest. You're perfect. Well, thank you. Uh, a BioCybernaut is to inner space 
what an astronaut is to outer space. Um, the uh, Greek suffix not, N-A-U-T, means somebody who goes on an adventure, like Jason and the Argonauts back in uh, Greek times. Jason was off in pursuit of the Golden Fleece, which he had to find and bring back to the king to win the hand of the king's daughter in marriage. So he and his intrepid Argonauts went off on all these adventures. And then we have astronauts and we have cosmonauts. And now we have biocybernauts. The bio is biological. Cyber, we use calculating technologies uh, to go on the inner adventure. And basically, it's a way to encounter yourself in a whole new way. Used to be any sound, and for most people, any sound that's ever come in your ears has come from something that's not you. A bird chirping, a car horn blowing, a door slamming, but it's not you. We, with very advanced technology, reach in to the brain and pick up very subtle internal signals, just a few millions of a volt, and we amplify them 100,000 times so our computers can work with them, and then we turn them into musical sounds that you get to listen to. It's the melodies of your own mind. And as you listen to these sounds that are coming from outside of you, because they're actually you, they come from you, it's easy for you to merge with them. This teaches merging, which in the mystical traditions I've studied, Celtic magic and hermetic magic, they understand that to do a work of magic or a miracle, or some people call it a manifestation, you need three things, desire, expectation, and merging. Well, we all know desire. We've all wanted something. And most people are pretty good at expecting. I mean, if you have doubt, it's a killer of you know your plans. But desire, expectation, and then merging. Well, what under heaven is merging? Uh, when I studied with an archdruid, the only definition I ever got from him of merging was merging, he said, is when your awareness becomes one with the ground of being. And if you've done it, you go, oh my God, yeah, that's so right on. And if you haven't done it, you go, ground of being, what's that? And so to cut through all that verbal confusion, all we do is say, listen to these tones as though your life depended on it. And you learn merging because you're listening to something coming from the outside that's really coming from you. So it's already you and it's easy to merge with it. And so you become essentially a magician. I remember, you know, I remember the first time I met you. you know, who, <laughs> actually, I met you because I'm, a, I'm a, as you know, we're both regulars on the show Coast to Coast, one of the most yes. amazing radio shows with George Norrie, dear friend. And yeah. Lisa, one of the producers, we, we had talked on a regular basis about some of her guests and like, hey, is this guy real? Is that guy real? And, so that, and she goes, <laughs> she calls me up one afternoon. I'm thinking, oh, boy, they want me on the show again. And now she goes, Jim, I met this amazing guy that was on the show last night. Dr. James Hart, blah, blah, blah. You have to meet him. And oh, my God. And then that's how we met because of Lisa giving me that tip. And she gave me your cell phone number. And I called you up. Hey, my name is Jim Carroll. Remember that? that was just so amazing how we met. I called you up out of the blue. Who's this doctor, yep. this famous, this famous neuroscientist? And, and wow, that was. A, and I think at the time you were in Canada or California. I forgot where you were at the time. And. And then we became, then I, then I flew out to, to, to Arizona, Phoenix, and I met you in person. And yes. wow, that, and you were just building this the BioCyberDot Center in, in Sedona at the time. It I remember we were up on the roof. Yeah, yep. but it's just an amazing, amazing thing that you do. And like I said, I, 
What is like, what is the difference? Like a lot of people listening, they, they probably like, what's the difference between theta, beta, alpha? Like, what does that all mean? What is, what are all the different meanings of it? Like, like if I'm in a theta state or a beta state, alpha state, what is that? Explain to them. Well, that's uh, happy to do that in some detail. Let's go back one step and begin with the idea that brainwaves rule. Your brainwaves rule your life. They rule your perceptions, your feelings, your thoughts. You can't have an experience without the appropriate underlying pattern of brainwaves. That's why we say brainwaves rule. Uh, the scientific way to say it is any experience that you have as a living human being, you have only when you have the appropriate underlying pattern of brainwaves. And when you change your brainwaves by any means, drugs, brainwave feedback, meditation, Sufi dancing, shamanic drumming, when you change your brainwaves, you change your experiences and you can change fundamentally who you are. You can change yourself at a level of identity by loading a new pattern of brainwaves. It's like a new operating system. Okay, so in the spectrum, like if you take sunlight and you pass it through a prism, you get a color spectrum. Red is the lowest visible frequency, and it goes up through orange and yellow and green and blue and violet until you get to the violet, which is the highest visible frequency. Well, in the same way, brainwaves, as they come off the head, are like a shaft of sunlight. They contain a lot of different frequencies. The delta is the slowest. That's like the red light. Then the theta is a little faster. Then there's Schumann, which is between alpha and theta. Next is alpha, and next is beta, and the highest frequency is gamma. Now, we're talking about very slow frequencies compared to, say, telecommunication, which works in the megahertz and gigahertz. These are all under 100 hertz. Delta is 0 to 4 hertz. Theta is 4 to 7. Schumann is 7 to 8, alpha is 8 to 13 cycles per second, beta is 13 to 25, and from there up to 100 is gamma. Now, each of these states, now, for example, sleep has four stages. Stage one and two are characterized by theta, it's light sleep. The deeper stages of sleep, stage three and four, are characterized by delta. And uh, it's been shown, in, and that's where you do the repair. The levels of human growth hormone, HGH, are highest in the blood during delta sleep. That's when your body does the repair of you know, the damage you do just by being up, working out, walking around all day. And so there have been studies, well, like with college students, where they uh, measure their brainwaves while they're sleeping. And when they are in um, delta, they play lessons for the students to learn. And what they've demonstrated is absolutely no learning of any kind in Delta. And so most people, most neurologists would think of Delta as a, a deeply unconscious state. But at BioCyberNote, we know that's not true. There is waking Delta. In fact, the superconscious state of Kundalini is characterized by massive slow frequency Delta waves, sometimes about one cycle per second, that uh, wash uh, across the head, maybe one channel, maybe more. And uh, this is a, a spiritual experience described in India as this energy rising up the spine. And as it passes each one of the chakras, they burst into superconscious awareness. And so even though neurologists and most medical doctors would look at Delta as completely unconscious at BioCyberNow, we know that's not true. 
that delta has some of the most powerful states. And then theta is next. Theta, theta wears many hats. Uh, theta is produced by scar tissue in the brain. If you had a head injury, the scar tissue is likely to produce theta. Theta is characterized uh, in the brain waves of the aura that precedes an epileptic seizure. Like for some epileptic, you know, they might suddenly, wherever they are, driving, sitting in their backyard or, you know, relaxing, um, they suddenly are watching a scene. They're walking down a country lane. It's fall. Uh, there's a little lake and a golden leaf breaks loose from a tree and floats down. As soon as it hits the lake, they go into a seizure. And so if that movie starts to run when they're driving, they have to quick pull over. And so Theta characterizes those dreamlike images. But Theta is also seen in the frontal lobes of advanced Zen meditators. Theta is seen in stages of light sleep, uh, drowsiness, stage one and two. Uh, theta is uh, associated with accessing the Akashic records. So these uh, uh, Theta brainwaves, as I said, they wear many hats. And so somebody says, well, I'm in Theta. Well, oh, it also is the case that a growing brain tumor will produce Theta waves. Before CAT scans, uh, multi-channel EEGs looking for Theta were the only non-invasive way to detect a brain tumor. So uh, the brain waves, as I say, wear many hats. Now, alpha is a state that is characterized by creativity. You can't be creative unless you have a burst of alpha. In fact, the difference between creative people and non-creative people in their brainwaves at rest, there is no difference. But if you give people a problem to work on, a group of non-creative and a group of creative people, the non-creative people will sit there in their normal brainwave state working on the problem and do only as well as normal people do, creative people somehow have the ability to quickly turn on big bursts of alpha and within those big bursts, they quickly and effectively solve the problem in a manner that distinguishes them as creative people. And so Colin Martindale, who was studying this in the mid eighties said, creativity is simply a matter of having the right brainwaves. Now he actually tried to train people to have more alpha, to make non-creative people into creative people, but there's a hundred dozen ways to do alpha training wrong and only a few ways to do it right. And so he pretty much shot himself in the foot because he wasn't able to teach people how to increase their alpha with his primitive uh, methods. But he's accurate when he says Creativity is simply a matter of having the right brainwaves. And you can turn on higher alpha. You can be creative on whatever topic that you're thinking about at the time. So al alpha is, a, uh, you're awakened in your alpha yes. state. Now, how about theta? Could that happen? Uh, theta is w awake and sleep. Could it happen in both? Well, uh, yes. And uh, at one point, uh, I, for one whole summer, I studied professional psychics. I uh, uh, paid them their daily rate, had them come to my lab, and I measured their brainwaves at rest, doing various baselines, eyes open, eyes closed, white noise. And then uh, I also, and they had more theta and delta in their waking record than ordinary people do. And then I asked them to do whatever their psychic accessing was, whether it was precognition or remote healing or, you know, whatever their. Right, their right. And when they did their psychic accessing, the theta and the delta just went up off the charts. So we know that psychics are running more theta and more delta. In fact, there are some people who do a biofeedback, brainwave feedback, 
and they compare, you go in, they measure your brainwaves and they compare you to a normative database of 10,000, 20,000 people. And if you should dare to differ from the normals, they will train whatever giftedness is in your brainwaves, they'll train it out of you. So you can be more like the herd, the average, the C student. They take a Zen master there and they say, oh my God, you've got too much alpha. We've got to train this out of you because we have to make you like the average person. And so our cybernauts is very different. We celebrate your differences. See, that, I, I love this stuff because especially like, and I, I don't talk about this in public much, but boy, I hope I don't come out too much now today. But I tell you, I tell you <laughs> in private about out. some of these dreams I have that, wow, I mean, like wherever I'm at, all these answers are coming to me and this and that. And then when I wake up, I forget everything. And, mm-hmm. and, it, and if I would just, if, if I, well, just like that daily number prediction I had that back in yes. 1990, two, 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 where, where did that come from? So that's all theta. Is that what you're saying? That's my theta waves. And well, it could or? be a combination of alpha and theta. Now I mentioned the alpha creativity, uh, alpha creativity, creativity is so important to human civilization. It's been much studied. And in fact, they, we know that the alpha creativity has four steps. First step is at the application phase where you learn the data of your field. You find out what the good problems are. Then you pick a problem and the second stage is you incubate. You brew on it. Maybe you go to sleep, you wake up, you think about it. Then the third stage is called the illumination phase. That's a eureka, I found it. Because there you just had a flash of alpha, a big burst of alpha, and the answer came to you. And that's when Archimedes jumped naked out of the bath in Greece and went running down the street yelling, Eureka, Eureka, you know the story? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, where the king asked him to you know, find out whether his crown was pure gold or not. He'd had a new crown made, and he suspected the jeweler of uh, putting base metal in it. And so he didn't want to drill into the crown. So he gave Archimedes the task of figuring out how to tell if the crown was pure gold. And there Archimedes was getting into one of the public baths, and he saw the water level go up. And he'd been brewing on this for some time. So he jumped naked out of the bath, went running down the street yelling, Eureka, Eureka. I mean, I found it. I found That's it. That's where that came from. Oh, my yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And so what he did was he weighed the crown. And then he took an equal weight of that of known pure gold and put it in water and saw how much water was displaced. And then he put the crown in. And if the same water was displaced, he knew the crown was pure gold. If more water was displaced... Then he knew the crown was contaminated with base metal that was not as dense as gold. So he had discovered a non-destructive way of, you know, figuring out if the king's crown was pure gold. So that's, but then the fourth stage is verification, where you go back to lab, your bench, your studio, whatever, and you test out your, your idea. So that's alpha creativity. Now, what happens, and like you were set, talking about going out in, and you, you would know all these things. In alpha, your mind can go out into all the areas that you've ever learned or been exposed to any information, maybe even unconsciously, and maybe things that you forgot. But in alpha, you can pull all of that in, you know, something from column B and something from column W and something from column M and assemble them in a novel way. And there's the solution to your creative problem. And uh, but the, the you run into difficulty if the problem you're trying to solve requires knowledge that you don't have. Maybe nobody in your historical time period has that knowledge. And this is where theta comes in. Because in theta, you can pull information in from the Akashic records. 
which is an energetic database of all knowledge that was, is, and ever will be. And so you can do that in Theta. One of the most famous stories of creativity in Theta came from uh, Kekulé, and it was the discovery of the benzene ring. Kekulé was, uh, I think, Flemish organic chemist, uh, early uh, in the career of uh, organic chemistry, it was a new science, and benzene had become an important industrial solvent, and it was in short supply from natural sources. So the new science of organic chemistry undertook the moonshot of synthesizing benzene. And Kekulé became obsessed with this. They knew the formula was C6H12, uh, six carbon atoms and 12 hydrogen, but that wasn't enough to synthesize it. So Kekulé would work late at the lab every night and then take the last tram home, have dinner, maybe a little wine, drowse in front of the fire. And he began seeing these furry balls playing in the fire. Now, he'd grown up, you know, pre-electricity and everything. And so fireplaces were common, but he had never seen furry balls moving around in the fire. Now, a tennis ball is a furry ball, but every piece of fur is exactly the same length. Kekulé's furry balls was a way of describing a sphere that had a kind of a fuzzy, indistinct edge. It didn't have a real edge. Uh, and so, but it was fun and he looked forward to it. And over time, sometimes the furry balls would bump into each other and sometimes they would stick. And over time, they'd built up chains of them. And he's enjoying this. He comes home from the lab. He's looking forward to, you know, seeing the light show in his fireplace. And of course, he's obsessed with the structure of benzene, C6H12. How do we synthesize it? And so one night, the chains of furry balls were very frisky, and they were playing crack the whip. And the ends of one of the chains spun around and stuck. And he knew in a flash that was the structure of benzene. He counted the furry balls. One, three, four, five, six. And he realized that benzene was a ring structure. And each carbon atom had two hydrogens sticking off of it. So there is your C6H12. And knowing the structure that it was a ring, he was able to rush back to the lab and synthesize benzene. Well, now, what were those furry balls that revealed this to him? I would suggest that a century later, when people developed the electron microscope, when you look at an atom, it looks like a furry ball. It's a blob that has an indistinct edge. The cloud of electrons doesn't just stop at a certain point. It just becomes less dense as you go out. And so Kekulé's strong desire and his theta waves were pulling out of the Akashic records information sufficient for him to be able to see the structure of benzene a century before the electron microscope was invented. See, that's amazing because when that two-two dream I had, uh, I, I started studying dreams and I, I seen all the, I don't want to get into name dropping, but all these famous inventions and even Albert Einstein, everything came from dreams. A lot mm -hmm. of amazing inventions like the sewing machine and things like that came from dreams. So what that basically was, they got that information from Theta or, or the Akashic, the Akashic records. records. That's, yeah. ins that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, why are we exploring that more? It, why, why do, why does the everyday science look at that as pseudoscience i don't get it because there there is something real here going on i know that personally and you do and but why how do you convince everybody that there's something going on here without looking crazy <laughs> yeah yeah you know what i mean it's like really it's true though well, well and the fact that you were getting information studying dreams thomas edison 
the inventor of the electric light bulb. He's a household name. He actually had over 1,000 patents that came from dreaming. And here's how he did it. He uh, would sleep only four hours a night on purpose and in two stretches. So guaranteed he'd always be tired during the day. Then he'd be at his lab and he'd lie down in a recliner chair and hold a steel ball bearing in each hand, drape them over the edges of the chair, and under each hand, he'd have a large metal pipe plate. And then while thinking of something he wanted to invent, he'd try to fall asleep. Now, you know, as soon as he hits theta, he's gonna lose his grip on those steel ball bearings, and they're gonna fall into the pie pans with a clattering din and wake him up, and he'd grab his pencil and write down whatever little piece he got. And then he, that's great. And wow. he would go back and fall asleep again. So he had pre-technology. He had developed a way to access theta in order to access the Akashic records. And he pulled out thousand patents. So people who think Akashic records is airy fairy new age stuff. Well, go look at those 1000 Thomas Edison patents. Yeah. Why, why, why do we forget everything like that? See, that's That was the perfect thing that he did. I would, I wish I would have known that. I like, I, I often wonder like, wow, why did I write this down? Why did I wake up? Because yeah, why do we forget this stuff when we go there? Why, why do we forget it? Like, I mean, I, I actually woke my wife up in the middle of the night and I'm like, Lynn, this dream I just had, oh my gosh, I know where this is and that, where we came from, what's happening. And she goes, tell me in the morning, I got to get up early to watch no, Willie. No, no. Yeah. And then you I went to bed and I forgot. Recorder. Yeah, I know, it's crazy. <laughs> this is amazing. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget that that happened. Hey, how about like when I go next door here in my weight room and I'm lifting weights and I'm playing all this Aerosmith and Guns N' Roses, getting this high going on and it gets so intense, Jim, that I could take a, a 60 penny nail off my speaker and bend it in my hands. And I'm 60. What is that? What kind is that alpha or what is, what would that be? What? Well, I'd be happy to measure you, but my guess is you probably got some Delta going there. Oh, in, in Delta, you have the greatest ability to alter reality with or without physical effort. I got to get my butt out here after this COVID stuff is over. I, I always, we, we, we've, we've talked about me coming out there several times and I got to get myself out there. It's uh, Hey, how about, how about like, uh, here, this is like, how about somebody, I talked about this with you once before on the phone, like somebody that's sitting there right now through all this BS that's going on, worried about the COVID, worried about the country, worried about not making money. They're all alone. What did they, what do you, what kind of advice, what could they do to help, you know, what I'm, I, I asked a couple doctors that already, what, what can you do? Like, what, what would you suggest? Like, how do you build, like, what, what, what are we lacking when that happens? Your, your self-esteem is really, really low. You're, you're ready to, is that low? What would that be? Low alpha or what would that be? Well, it sounds like an anxiety state. It also sounds like a depression. And both of these are seriously depleted of alpha. Now, what can you do? We have a range of solutions. Now, at BioCyberNet, we are still running trainings. We were shut down for about two and a half months, but now we are, we're running trainings. Everybody wears masks, the staff, the trainees, and we, we give people a negative ion generator to wear around their neck. And negative ions will zap bacteria and viruses in the air and also zap pollen for people who uh, have allergies. So we, we provide these as loners to the people who come for training as well as masks. So we have a range of solutions. At the high end, 
there's the $80,000 trainings, brainwave trainings that we do, and they go down to 50,000, 20,000, and the lowest is 15,000. So those are available. Now, we also have a $500 solution, which is a wearable device. It's not brainwaves. It's going to be available probably in about three months. And it is the second most effective way to increase alpha, following only on the actual alpha feedback training. There's an even cheaper solution, which is $25, which is a copy of my book. Oh, the, there you go. The Art of Smart Thinking. Yeah on Amazon for $25. Uh, but there's also a free solution, which I'm happy to share with your listeners and viewers. And that is, is a breathing exercise. Uh, and we know that it increases oxygen in the blood and increases alpha from our own studies. But also there was a medical journal, Minnesota Medicine, that published a study where uh, a medical doctor took his angina patients these are people who have heart pain right, yeah. because of insufficient oxygen getting to the heart. And he had taught them this breathing exercise and 100% of them were healed of their angina. So we- That's know, amazing. Yeah, and here, it's a three-phase breathing exercise. It's inhale, hold, and exhale to the same count. Let's say you count to 10. So you, through your nose, you inhale to 10, you hold for 10 and you exhale to 10 and you do a dozen of them, 12. And so you can tie knots in a string, you know, so that you're not having to remember what was at seven or eight. So every time you start the exhale, you advance another bead or another knot in your string. And uh, so you do this with the idea of slowing down your breathing. Uh, pranayama, which is a uh, control of prana, is best accomplished through control of the breath. And so when you're doing this, inhale, hold, exhale, uh, when you get to the end of the exhale, your lungs are empty. And there's a temptation to quickly take a big breath like, <gasps> but no, resist that temptation and just slowly count to 10, you know, and then hold. Now, when you hold, you don't close your throat. You keep your throat open. So if you were doing this and I put one hand on your chest, one hand on your back and squeeze, the air would come out because you're holding the air with the muscles of your chest and diaphragm. And so it strengthens those muscles. And we know that it increases the oxygen in the blood and that's going to increase your alpha waves. Now, it's appropriate to do this uh, uh, on an empty stomach. You know, don't eat a big meal and then do this. So typically, like when I got up this morning, uh, the alarm went off, uh, I got out of bed and uh, I did this breathing exercise. It only takes a few minutes. Now, when I was really seriously into it, I was doing 40 seconds for the inhale, 40 seconds for the hold, and 40 wow. seconds for the exhale. It was taking two minutes per breath. I was that when I was doing a daily, twice a day yoga practice, and I would do this, you know, at the start of uh, my yoga. Uh, but even doing it, you know, in shall we say, uh, a less strenuous way is going to have benefits, including lower blood pressure including reduction of anxiety because you're going to have more oxygen in the blood, your brain is going to have more alpha, and that sadness, that depression, and that anxiety are going to diminish. And that's a free solution. You know, all it takes is your motivation and your discipline to do it. That, that's exactly 
That's exactly what I do almost every night with my meditation is the breathing mm -hmm. and everything. Hey, let me ask you, you, you know, wow. I don't know how many years ago this was. This was right before I met you. I met a gentleman in California and I, I it was the karma foundation. And they, they talked about the breathing all the time in that in that organ. Did you help them at one time or something that because they talked about that? I, I think your name was brought up. That's how I, that was way before we met. And, and they talked about the breathing, how important it was. And and back then, I didn't know anything. What I know now, as you know, it's, it's just uh, but I know for a fact that breathing is so important. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's great that I appreciate you helping with that, t telling that. But but that, now. But but I gotta ask you this too. That then, then so when I'm when I'm how about like you know I have the ESPN we told you about the exercise the brain and body the sleep the, the positive energy and nutrition and that's kind of like what we're all, we're talking about we we agree on these yep. same things. So is nutrition a big factor in what you do with biocybernet? Bio is nutrition a big factor? Yes, it is. Uh, we ask people when they come for training to eliminate before they come. Alcohol, caffeine, nicotine, onions, and garlic. Oh, hold on a step. I got to stop you there. Onions. That's my favorite thing. What, tell me why. What's bad about onions? What's going on? All right. Well, uh, if you, there's an Arab proverb that says, after the devil had done his dirty work in the Garden of Eden, when he walked out where his first foot fell, that's where garlic grew, and where his second foot fell, that's where onions grew. So onions and garlic are understood. For example, the Queen of England does not allow garlic in the palace. Not allowed. Does not allow garlic in the palace. Wow. Brahmins, a whole class of Brahmins in India, are forbidden to eat onions and garlic. It's understood. When I, when I was starting the Yogananda lessons, uh, correspondence lessons, probably the second or third week, came the instructions to eliminate onions and garlic because he said they promote a rajasic temperament. Now the Hindu concept of personality is there are three factors. There's a, a sattva, which is a principle of enlightenment. There's rajas, which is the principle of ego activity and willfulness. And then there's tamas, which is a principle of ignorance or inertia. And they would say every personality is a blend of, of all of these, but uh, you know, like there's this joke that an Italian can't talk if you tie his hands behind his back because all that garlic gets him agitated. <laughs> this and that's an inimical—it's inimical to meditation. You cannot have a calm mind when you have onions and garlic. Uh, we send out a research paper to people after they register uh, for training, which uh, the title is "Garlic as a Brain Poison," and it agitates the mind and makes you more vulnerable to ego attacks. Wow, I never knew that. See, because when we were together, where were we at? We were in uh, Miami, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, we were together for about yeah. a week in Florida. Yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. That was a lot of fun. And and we ate we ate at a restaurant, and I remember, Jim, don't you eat? You were telling me, well, how could you eat that? I said, how could you eat that? What? what? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what I mean? It's just, a, see, that I don't, like here, why, why do they say, like, wasn't garlic at one time like an, used as an antibiotic and stuff like that, or in the old days, or I thought garlic was like the, the miracle thing that you eat if you have a cold and stuff. So you're saying that you don't, you don't agree with that, the garlic. Well, yeah. for example, uh, let's say that uh, you take morning glory seeds. Okay. Uh, 
the name for them is oleloqui, and you grind them up and you eat them, you will have an LSD-like experience. Wonderful high consciousness. Hey, let me write that down. What? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Morning glory seeds. But you will get sick and maybe die because they contain a poison. Wow. Okay. So just the reason, the fact that something has a good thing doesn't mean that it also doesn't have a bad thing. And so now I have followed up on many of the reported health claims of garlic, and I have in my archive a list of studies where scientists attempted to confirm the old wives' tale that, oh, eat garlic, it's good for this or that condition, and they found that it wasn't good for this or that condition. Now, this is not to say it might not have some physical health benefit, but the effects of damaging your consciousness, making your mind agitated, prone to anxiety, and unable to go into deep meditation, that alone would rule out using garlic, in my opinion. Now, for example, if you want some antibiotic, you want to use something like this, colloidal silver. This is... Uh, um, uh, 2,000 parts per million colloidal silver. And it has both antibacterial and antiviral effects. And whenever I feel a cold coming on, I have a little medicine dropper of colloidal silver and I'll take a Kleenex and I'll take the dropper, let it run down my throat, and then... <laughs> It atomizes the colloidal silver and carries it up into my sinuses, and it wipes out any coronavirus or rhinovirus that may be there trying to cause a common cold. You are truly one of a kind, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So, like Dr. Amen, I was uh, Daniel Daniel Amen. I'm sure you know Amen. I was out in, in, in California with him for a week. We did a thing together, a course together, collaborated, and he is so just like you with the nutrition. All he eats is fish and seafood. I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I, I said, Daniel, this is the best thing you can eat. And I pull out a dark chocolate candy in it. No, you shouldn't <laughs> eat sugar. No, sure. He's so anti sugar. So anti sugar. I think you well, are anti sugar. So many, yeah. There's so many good substitutes. I mean, xylitol and monk fruit. Monk fruit is uh, two times the Swedish what sugar. What is monk fruit? What is that? Well, go to your health food store and buy a bag of monk fruit. It tastes so yummy that you will forget ever loving sugar. It's, really? I don't know about that. That's it's hard to zero do. calories, zero net carbs, uh, zero glycemic index, same as xylitol. Xylitol uh, is uh, uh, a... Xylitol, I know what that is. Yeah. Huh? No, I said yeah, I know what xylitol, yeah. yeah. Well, I've recently been using 50-50 xylitol, 50-50. Wonderful stuff. And you get the sweet you love and you don't get all the bad effects of sugar. That's yeah, because sugar. I that's like my you know I preach ESPN, 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 but I don't practice the N. I don't. I mean, I eat a lot of dark chocolate. You know, I eat a lot of. Uh, I, I'm getting better now. I eat a lot of chicken. How about what do you think of chicken? Is chicken all right? I eat, I eat a lot of chicken. I don't eat meat much anymore, but I eat chicken. What do you think of well, chicken? <laughs> you know, we we talked about. Uh, I have friends, including uh, one of my uh, uh, physical, uh, a personal trainers, bodybuilding coach who became vegan for a while and he was uh, like really into it. He wanted me to make a movie about him being a vegan. And after about a year, he said, well, he had too much gas. He couldn't uh, keep it up. And uh, so all, eating all those beans, I was a vegetarian for five years and I ate bean this and bean that. And uh, now I'm allergic to beans. So uh, I tr 
food, you know, vegan, vegetarian, carnivore, omnivore, you know, a lot of people make it very political. And, uh, you know, uh, there's Dr. D'Amato's book, Right for Your Blood Type. And if you're a type A blood, which I am, there's no red meat that's, uh, you know, anywhere except on your avoid list. If you look at chicken, uh, turkey, Cornish game hen, that's on the neutral list. I personally eat a lot of chicken. Turkey with the tryptophan, you know, promotes drowsiness. And, you know, my long days at the training center, 14, 16, 18 hour days. Uh, so I don't eat much turkey. Oh, that's why we get uh, tired after Thanksgiving dinner, huh? That's oh, a, you bet. A, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. This is, this but, is, but not so tired. You can't have a second helping of grandma's punk. I mean, pie. I got, I, yeah. <laughs> I got, I have the coolest life in the world, man. Anytime I, I have a question, I got like this list of long list of amazing, amazing people to call. Hey, what do you do for this? What do you do for, <laughs> for that? We've had so much morning at my time at 10 o'clock your time. It's like, it's just amazing. Well, but I, well, but I'll tell well, you one I thing. Do wanna, I do want to invite you to be on our podcast. Oh, of course. My God. It's in a heartbeat. Special. It's special for coaches and you're such an incredible coach that this is a podcast for coaches. Oh, wow. I, 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 anytime, buddy, I'd do anything for you. Hey, I got I to gotta tell you one thing. I'm gonna, I, I got to back up my bragging to you yesterday because remember we were talking about flash recognition. I knew a, yes. a police yes. officer from, a, from Indianapolis. He, he was talking about flash recognition, and I took an interest to it. And I'm like, well, that's similar. I think I could do something with this with my memory stuff. And I created this, and I've never shown it in public. Oh, where, where? Yeah, this would be the first time. I just hope you can see it because I don't have, you know, this is we have to deal with this virtual stuff for now. But if we had yeah. in studio cameras, cl close ups, it would be much easier. Yeah. Like I could now take I could take like a deck of cards, Jim. Look at and I don't know if you could see how well you could see on here, but they, I yeah, wish you were here good. in person because you could. And they're not I don't even know if I, it's hard. to. They're, they're not trick cards or anything like that. All right. Yeah. So now here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take like a handful and eh, we'll take maybe that many all right now watch this you're not going to believe this now we'll watch you carefully we'll some up some more all right mm -hmm. and and what we're going to do you're a good shuffler well not really this is a, would a, this is a half a deck of cards we'll cut them right here and you can see all of that now mm -hmm. i'm going to take the cards from my hand and these are regular cards they're not no double bag these aren't trick cards i'm going to go like this just like this but first before i do that i'm going to spread them out and watch this flash recognition. I call this flash memory. Watch this. All right. Boom. Just from doing that, I now know what card is missing from the deck out of these 26. Now watch. Wow. So we'll mix them up. Let me show you. We're going to mix them up and you're going to remove the card, not me. You're going to tell me which card to remove. When you say stop, the card in my hand will be the card I'll remove. Watch. You stop. say stop. Stop right there, or you want yeah. the next one? Right mm -hmm. there? That one. I'm going to place it down here like this. Could you see it right here? Sure. Keep it right there. All right. Now, all I have to do, watch. Boom, I'm done. The ace of clubs is missing. Look at Yay! <laughs> what the hell is this, Jim? How, why am I able to do this? Oh, incredible. <laughs> Remember I was telling you, I said, Jim, I could get a half a deck of cards in a second. And oh, what is fabulous. going on here? I do a full deck in about four or five seconds, a half a deck in like one second or two. I don't know where to like here. You could anytime say stop again. Anytime you want. Stop. Stop right there. We'll yeah. Put it right down here. All right. I'll spread the cards. It, done. That one took a little longer. It's the Jack of Diamond. 
Jack of Diamonds. Yay! Oh, I call that flash memory. Where Yay. all these years of training on my bike with my memory, but now mm -hmm. I don't even know what this is. What is making this happen? Can you explain that? It's, well, I don't know if it's memory. I like in other words, if I would have to go through every card, like if I go like this and go three of club, queen of diamonds, nine hundred nine of spades, you, you, I can't keep up with my brain anymore. It's just a flash. It's a flash. Right. Yeah. This is, is crazy. Isn't this crazy? Crazy You're the first good. person, first person I ever showed it there because I just came up with this last month and I haven't been anywhere. I've been isolated in my house. And my wife sees this every day. She's going crazy. She's like, okay, I've seen enough already. <laughs> so it's well, you've probably seen in the literature psychologists and pop psychologists saying, oh, well, we only use 10% of our brain, or oh, well, we only use 5% of our brain, or oh, well, we only use 1% of our brain, based on you know who knows what. But you're demonstrating that there's way more that we can use than we do. Boy, I'll tell you that. I, I'm taking advantage of this isolation, this COVID. See, a lot of people, that, that, that they're getting negative, getting down. No, get positive. Yes. Do what I'm doing. Exercise your brain. It is yes. so, I mean, right now, I can feel the energy coming to me again. It's just like, <laughs> where is that coming from? Where's this energy come from when you get, is that, what? what is that, theta? What is that's that? Most, that's probably alpha. Yeah. It, the alpha energy. Alpha is life. Alpha is the life energy. It's the energy of joy, enthusiasm, inspiration, up-leveling your energy, raising your alpha. Alpha at the higher levels is an euphoric, high-energy state. Well, I, I experienced that so many times, lifting weights, <laughs> lifting weights. I get to that level yeah. where it's like ah, you get emotional. You almost start crying. Yeah, this know. is so great. It's so great. Yeah. And to be able to do this, I never knew this. I didn't start – if I would have never started training my memory at 50 – so there's yeah. hope for everybody. Could you imagine? There's just so much out here, and and where it takes you is is beyond that. Your your brain can take you to places that you can't even. I can't describe it with words. It's just amazing, and that's why I love talking with people like you because you're describing it for me. I don't know what's happening. You know what I mean? I'm not educated in these fields. You know what I mean? I just have well, a good I did memory. at one point a fed, a large federal grant entitled Anxiety and Aging intervention with EEG alpha feedback. And the target population was women who were from 60 well up into their 80s. And it was like they had drunk from the fountain of youth. Many of them had never graduated from high school, got GEDs after their training. They went to college, they got degrees, they got advanced degrees, they started businesses. Some of them you know, went on to get master's degrees, started businesses in their 80s. And uh, people that I knew that knew them said, Rosie's the only woman I ever met younger every time I see her because of more alpha. Most people, as they get older, their alpha slows and drops out. Then they enter senescence or senility and usually die soon thereafter. But this training actually reverses aging in the brain. It enables people to have more alpha and higher frequency alpha. And so along with that comes more life energy. Well, as you know, I sent, like I sent my buddy, Mike Hammond, up to you, yes. and he, he raved about it. Jim, this is the <laughs> coolest thing I've ever experienced. But a lot of people can't afford that, and that's that's why it's like, what do you do? Like, I know you had you had some, what was it, Tony Robbins you had? You had you have a lot of amazing people coming there for the training. and European but, royalty, Middle yes. Eastern royalty, CEOs if, of billion-dollar companies. But if you could come, if, if, see, the, I, I'm into, the, like, the people that, can't can't even get out of their house they can't even afford a, a plane ticket to arizona that's who i'm trying to help and and, mm -hmm. and 
And wow, if you can if you can help me help them, that's what I'm looking for, just to help well, people. Well, this, this device, yeah. this wearable device that'll be out in about three months is $500. And you can use it to increase your alpha waves. You can actually use it with other people. So you can synchronize and coordinate with other people. And there's like a group high that can come from using it. And you can wow. do synchronization with people in the room with you, or you can do it over the internet. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to let me. Say, hey, did you did you get the signal that we sent you? Did you get it? They overnighted it. If, if it's not, you'll get it by tomorrow. Let me know what you think of that too. The signal okay. Pat. Yeah. But yeah. I I like to see this thing you're talking about. That, that that's you know I'm you know me Jimbo. I'm I'm like anything new. I, I'm <laughs> yeah. I have to know the answer. You know what I mean? We're I'm one of these it. guys. Yeah, I gotta Absolutely. know what's. Yeah. <laughs> But anything else you want to say or what, what anything else we want to talk about? Because I could talk to you for hours. It's like we do on the phone. And, and it's uh, what what's so important. We, we need to get out something because I'll tell you what, you, you know, out of all the people I know, like, you, you know, I know a lot of like neuropsychologists, neuroscientists. Mm -hmm. But but when I met you, you're, you're like completely you go out of the box. You're not afraid to go out of the box. That's what I like about you. I mean, I know a lot of people that stay in the box. But in my opinion, you have to be in the box, in the box, meaning academic, you know, like mm -hmm. like MIT, uh, but you go out of the box. And I think the answers are in and out of the box together. Yes. I don't think you could be one or the other. You have to be both. And that's why. And like we had a, I like I talked to you about that. That little experience I had a long time ago with yes. when, I, when I went, Jim, I'm driving home one night and all of a sudden what? I see a sign because I, I I always like to drive home when I when I was a college entertainer, I'd like to I can't believe I'm going to be telling this story. Oh my god! Yeah, do it, do I'm, it. I, yeah, Good I'm fun. driving home one night and and I had a show in Buffalo, New York, and I lived in Pennsylvania, Catasauqua, Pennsylvania, and it's I look at my clock, on, on it's one o'clock in the morning, and I always want to drive home if I don't have nothing going on. I want to get home to my wife and kids, you know. So I'll take the drives because I I hit Dunkin' Donuts every wherever they're at and keeps me awake. And uh, so I, I, I make a right-hand turn in Rochester and going down this highway and I see a sign, Corning, New York, 67 miles. So I'm thinking, well, take me about an hour to get there. Dunkin' Donuts stop. I look at my clock, one o'clock. So I'll be there by two. So all of a sudden it got really foggy, big, thick fog. And I put the window down and I had, I stuck my head out and I could feel the cold air to, to keep awake but more importantly, to see the white lines on the highway, right? And it, you're in the middle of nowhere. Anybody that's ever been up in south of Rochester, New York, it's that you're in the middle of nowhere. And at the same, and I, I was a Pennsylvania boy at the time. I didn't live in upstate New York. So I'm driving, and I swear, all of a sudden, I see the fogs like disappearing, and the sky's all bright. And I, I'm like, what the heck? And I see a sign, Corning, New York, two miles. And I go down, I look at my clock, it's five in the morning. What the heck was that? Did I fall asleep journey. at the wheel? Or what the, that is freakish. The most well, freakish thing I ever experienced in my life. Four hours of lost time. And then I, I instantly went from, from, from 67 miles or 70, whatever it was, to two miles. And I didn't fall asleep. I had that window down. And, and when I seen the, the light, and the window after was that, open. your brain started to expand. Now, I don't know if I believe in that. Come stuff on, like that. come on. After I that, you're out of the box, but I don't know if I'd go well, there. Let me but. go out of the box. Okay. So uh, Betty and Barney Hill uh, in New Hampshire had an interrupted journey. There's a book by that title. Uh, the They were driving and the fog came in just like it did. For Are you, you serious? The fog? Yeah. You had a fog? 
I didn't yes, know that. Yes, the fog wow. came in. The UFOs, you know, put the fog out. And then, you know, it, now the, she didn't remember any of this until later she was uh, under therapy. I think they did uh, some kind of hypnotic regression. And she remembered that she was a school teacher in uh, uh, New Hampshire or Vermont. Her, and she had a black husband, which was a bit unusual for that time. Well, I for, remember Betty and Barty Hill. I remember the story. Yeah. Yeah. And she remembered being taken to a, a spaceship. Be Barney was, you know, just blithering, you know, with fear, incoherent. But Be Betty was a school teacher. She was interested. They examined her and she asked them, where did you come from? And so they, the guy pointed to a wall and became a star map. And he said, well, where are you? And she didn't know. So he said, this is you. And these are our trade routes. And then this is our star. Well, under hypnosis, uh, Betty reproduced that map. So then somebody took that map and used the new Gleesey star catalog and created in an empty room, uh, ping pong balls hung with thread from the ceiling, made a three-dimensional model of our local area of uh, Milky Way galaxy. And then lying on the floor, standing on a stepladder, put his head in all different positions until he found a group of stars that exactly matched the map that Betty drew. And it turns out that all of the stars were in a plane. So you could use gravitational slingshotting to go from one to another, then none of them were out of the plane. And the star that they identified as their home planet was Epsilon Eridani, which is a double star where the second star is about as far away as Jupiter is in our solar system. And so they speculated, you know, by 1600 when Galileo invented the telescope, if they had been able to look out into space and see another world there with rivers and mountains and clouds, it would have prompted space travel to come along quicker than it did on Earth. And so that was a verified image. Well, following this interrupted journey for Jim Carroll, all of a sudden, this mill worker is now developing these fantastic mental powers. So I have speculated with you for as long as I have known you that you were the blessed recipient of an alien brain boost. Wow, man, that's that's oh, really shocked. hard to believe. Man. That's <laughs> yeah. like, well, hey, now we went from Jim Carroll beating the odds to coast to coast with George Norrie. <laughs> this is the kind of stuff they, that's why I love that show. I maybe I maybe I was listening to the show while I was driving, and maybe that's what happened. I don't know what happened that night, but wow, that's but you know what? How did I get where yeah. one o'clock to five? instantaneously yeah. Yeah. and 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 not remembering going from 77 or 60 whatever that did i gotta go up there one day and see what the distance is and to two miles yeah. i just i all i know and is i pulled in that dunkin donuts had a cup of coffee and i just tried to forget about this and that but wow it's just amazing i'll never forget that happened that and that was real and and but i don't remember anything else i don't i don't well remember. and neither did betty or barney until they went under hypnosis maybe when you're in an alpha state you'll have a detailed rec recollection well the aliens and how they work. I will tell you this though, Jim, now that I think about it. Yeah. This this was in November. Wait, this was in Yeah, this was in late right around late October. It was like a Halloween show. And on November eighth, that same year is when I had that two 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 dream. Mm. How freaky is that? Man, yes. you, be, you might not be far off there, buddy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but right now I'm gonna just say, hey, it was an experience. I'm not gonna yes. you know, I don't want to 
But that's really cool, man. That's what I like about you. That's why we have so many conversations. I got to get off of here before we start getting into some of these other intimate conversations we have about some of the stuff that happened to me. We don't want people. Well, well, we could go a little bit more mainstream. (laughs) We could talk about, okay, in the alpha training, where people learn to increase their alpha, just the first week produces an increase in creativity of 50%. The IQ boost is 11.7 points, and we've tested that. It's stable at least a year out. And emotional intelligence goes up an average of 15.8 points. Wow. In a lifetime, maybe people go up five points. And it's the master skill. IQ accounts for maybe 10 to 20% of your success in life. But EQ, emotional intelligence, accounts for almost 60%. So it's the master skill for success. And each one-point rise in EQ nets a person an average of $1,300 or more annual income. And that's the global average that includes India and Bangladesh and Pakistan and the Maldives, as well as Germany, England, France, you know, United States, Canada. And so in a first world country, it's probably more than that. But that increase, which is more than $20,000, is actually a bigger increase than the cost of the alpha one training. And so it's a kind of a cost-effective kind of thing. EQ is well-studied. Dr. Travis Bradbury and Janine Greaves wrote a book, Emotional Intelligence 2.0. We give it out to all of our trainees. We test them before uh, when they start day one at the end of day seven. And we get these amazing increases in emotional intelligence. And so there's also reductions in anxiety and depression, anger, let me ask you a question, because if you didn't do this, have you ever had like a, a major university, like ever have a study, like do a study to show that the authenticity of this, that's something you should do or, or unless well, you did it already. Yeah. Oh, I did it already. I did a double oh. study funded by the U S national Institute of mental health, three year grant. It was double blind, the gold standard. And we had women from 60 up into their eighties do the training And as I said, it was completely double blind. There were massive reductions in anxiety and depression and uh, paranoia. And it was like these ladies had drunk from the fountain of youth and they went off and they got higher education. I mean, they started businesses. One 74-year-old woman, a widow, took a uh, 47-year-old man as her lover and he pronounced her satisfying both spiritually and sexually. So it like the fountain of youth. And so we've done the double blind study at a major university, University of California, San Francisco, and have also worked with war veterans. Uh, First one was a a Vietnam War veteran. He was on patrol in Vietnam. His best buddy was walking point, stepped on a Claymore mine, and he literally had to peel the pieces of his buddy off his body. He was so traumatized. When he did the alpha training, he was completely healed. And he went off and joined a Christian commune. He was—he had literally found God in the experience. I've also worked with uh, Gulf War veterans. And the 200 Canadian Aboriginals that I trained were as traumatized as returning war veterans because of the residential school system where the children were beaten and raped. And, you know, many of them died there in the residential schools. They were ripped away from their parents and grandparents and sent to these 12-month-a-year schools where they had signs that said, kill the Indian to save the man. And they meant kill the Indian culture, uh, but really a lot of the children died there. And so we trained 
of those, I actually published a paper uh, on the work with the PTSD Aboriginals called Reductions in Psychopathology in a Cohort of Male and Female Canadian Aboriginals. I, I, I know that our own military has a lot of people suffering from PTSD, and we have the solution. We can do it en masse. We can do groups of people, and the results are profound, and they're documented in scientific reports in peer-reviewed journals. So it's just a matter of... Man, the, if, I had, if I had the money, I'd, just as a test, I would send, send 50, 50 of our people to you. If I could afford that, I would do that in a heartbeat. Uh, I, I know it's in your heart. Because I know because I believe in you. I believe that what you do is real. I know you're not. I know who you are. I know you really truly believe that you're really. I, I know what you're about. And I think you didn't you you spoke at the United Nations right about yes. something like this. Yeah. yeah. After we had uh, trained uh, the square root of one percent of all the Canadian Aboriginals, uh, I was invited to speak at the UN in Geneva about this healing work with the Aboriginal people. Yeah, that was quite amazing. Yeah, you're just an amazing Jim. Thank you, thank you so much for for coming in here, and I'm coming on your podcast, and we're we're you're going to come back again, and and what I want you to do is I want to make it, you know, when we finally get everything back to normal, where you could be sitting right here with me and have awesome. Mike Mike Hammond here talking about his Yay. experience, have 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 Doctor <laughs> Tim Fister, my buddy, talk about his experiences with you because yes. he came out and did your thing a yes. long time before I met when both we of you in California, yeah. yeah. And then that's how that's how you get people. We got to let people know that this exists. This is just amazing, amazing stuff. So thank you. Thank you so much. And this guy, Dr. Jim Hart, Jim, tell them how they could look you up and, and everything. How, how, how do people check you out? What's your site? OK, it's biocybernaut.com. That's B-I-O-C-Y-B-E-R-N-A-U-T. Rhymes with astronaut. Biocybernaut.com. There's an 800 number you can call. And you'll get Kate, who's uh, our rep. She's actually uh, in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. She'll guide you in the process of learning more about biocybernaut. Very, very, very bright, bright man. I mean, I, I love our conversations every night. And I, I just had to get you. I said, I just call you. Sure, we got to get on. We got to, we got to get on and talk. <laughs> well, I, thank you for coming out of the oh, closet about your uninterrupted journey. I can't believe you got that out of me here. I, good good thing we did. Good thing. Good thing you didn't get more out of my other stories. Yeah. All right, Jim. Well, well, thanks time. a lot. He's the best, guys. He's the best. Jim Hart, Doctor James Hart. Thank you, Jim. God bless you. God bless you, buddy. Hey, everybody, this is it. Signal relief. I know what you're thinking. What the heck is it? It looks like alien technology of some kind. But let me tell you something. This really works. I mean, I worked at a steel mill. I lifted weights when I was younger, and I hurt my back so bad. And chronic back pain for the, like, I don't know, the last 20 years. And my buddy Mike sent me one of these in the mail, stuck it on my back while watching TV for an hour, and all of a sudden the pain's gone. This is the real deal. Brave reviews. Signal Relief. You can find it on the podcast site, jimcarroll.com forward slash podcast, or I think it's signalrelief.com is connected with that as well. One of the best things I've ever seen in my life. Signal Relief. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Beating the Odds with your host, Jim Carroll. Today on the podcast, we had Dr. James Hart from the BioCybernaut Institute. 
please visit jimcarroll.com slash podcast to watch and listen on all your favorite platforms. Also, make sure to visit signalrelief.com and use exclusive promo code MEMORY only for beating the odds listeners. Thank you for tuning in today, and we'll catch you on the next one.